0: This is the Organizational Health Advantage podcast with Keith Hadley and James Spelton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion,
1: and unwanted turnover.
0: Welcome to the Org Health Advantage.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for listening. I'm James Felton from The Table Group. And I'm Keith Hadley. How are you doing today, Keith? I'm doing great, James. (laughs) Thanks. Awesome. What are we talking about?
0: So we've been talking about this, this idea of planning. Every team that we work with has to do some kind of planning. That's often what we're doing in sessions. And we've been discovering over the last year or two, a real tension between what we have been calling focused planning and comprehensive planning. That's that's
1: what we wanted to dive deeper into today. Yeah. The idea that that we are really trying to get teams focused on what's most important and there's a tension in the room when we do that of like, yeah, but we might miss some of this other stuff that we actually need to do as well. Is that what you're talking about, Keith? Yeah. Totally.
0: So, maybe, maybe we just step back and just, you know, we cover some of our models really quick, which is, you know, we think teams need to be clear. One of the things they need to be clear about is their, is their long-term direction, their vision. Maybe that's their core purpose. We talk about that as being like the Everest, the two to five to sometimes 10-year goals. And that's great. Have a clear picture of the future. And then we try to get them to answer the question, what's most important right now, which is like in the next three to six to nine months, in that short term, what do they need to do? and then we need to extend that down to team level clarity and down to individual contributor role clarity so that everybody in the organization knows what they personally need to be working on that aligns with the near term and the long term focus and so we're always having these kinds of conversations with teams and you know james i mean what, what are we keep bumping into the same sort of like tension or obstacles so maybe talk a little bit about you know about what what you see on that front
1: Yeah, well, I think it's this tension with leadership teams around if we actually say we're going to focus on this one thing, which of course has multiple factors in the making it happen. What happens about all this other stuff that we've said we need to also do? And I guess the way the way that I like to frame it out is like, okay, if we just choose status quo, comprehensive, we're going to do everything. Um, there's a couple of things we need to watch out for, and that's one, we have a real hard time doing everything really well, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's a little bit of uh, priority socialism where it's like, all right. right, let's just spread the peanut butter out and hope we cover everything, and usually that doesn't work. And then the second thing is, is like status quo kind of sucks, and so how are we going to make those incremental improvements and you and I know a client of table groups that like, they did this really well. In fact, they used their priorities every six to nine months. They put those on a board and they used uh, used them in a scorecard. And then they kept those and put them on a wall and used that wall as almost like a trophy case of like, we said we were going to focus on this. We crushed it. And then the next time we had a thematic goal, we crushed that one and we crushed that one. And over time. They gave themselves, you know, they, they showed that they were able to achieve things and they became this really high performing team and in, in setting goals and, and crushing them. But then over time, they realized like, wow, we're really good at making this strategic progress and improving our company over like a five, 10 year vision. But they, they chunked it out in yeah. six to nine months increments.
0: Yeah. And and I I think what you're describing is something that has to be experienced because it's almost impossible to convince somebody that that's possible until they go through it. Because what you're describing that this company did is by focusing on the thing that was most important right now, not only did they achieve that, they got everything else thrown in. So, While they were focusing on, for example, improving their field operations, it didn't mean that they took their eye off the ball on sales and marketing and uh, performance improvement and safety. It did mean that they were laser focused on field operations that contributed to company success, but at the same time, without necessarily having to declare it as a focus, everybody in the company still knew that they had to deliver against the other metrics. So I think kind of what we're saying is, you know, there's, there's this tension between I want to have a document in front of me and that document will be a list of everything that we're going to do. And we would call that comprehensive planning. And I think if maybe for some of our engineers that are listening, uh, or if you're an architect, or if you're an accountant, uh, if you're kind of coming from a more structured mindset, um, what you expect of your business is to lay out what we call like a blueprint of like, yeah, like here's the document and everything is detailed. It shows how every part of this business is going to move together to get the job done. What we're describing is the other extreme, which is... We don't have a blueprint, but what we have is a map and it shows point A and point B and we can see a trail that goes from point A to point B, but what we experience along that trail, what we bring with us, um, what sort of storms and obstacles we encounter, we will deal with in real time as we go. And so, we would call that a focused approach, which is let's just lay out a really simple list of the things that we have to get done to achieve certain milestones on this journey. And, and there's tension there and, and there's a lot of tension in terms of, you know, if, 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 if a leader wants to have a comprehensive approach, they're going to put a tremendous amount of energy into making that comprehensive list. I'm not sure that it serves them as well as they think.
1: Yeah. I, as you're talking about that, Keith, I have a question. I, I want your thoughts on this. Um, when leadership teams take more of that comprehensive approach, do you think that's because there's kind of a lack of trust around like we might not be able to accomplish this. I'm not sure people on this team are really focused enough. You know, talk to me about that if that resonates with you at all.
0: Yeah, it does resonate. And is it a lack of trust or maybe a different way to say it would be a fear? You know, what, what is your fear? Like I, I need to have all of this listed out is the fear that let's see, let's see if we can come up with a list. A, um, people won't know what to do unless we spell it out for them uh b people will take their eye off the ball and they won't focus on something that's still really important like sales while we're trying to improve field ops or that i can't trust people to work hard enough on the things that they need to work on and so you know i need to have some assurance that i can control every aspect of company success you know, so is it fear? Is it, is it control? I guess, I guess both those would be different expressions of a lack of trust in the people around the table that we're going to do the right things anyways. Yeah. How do you see it?
1: Well, that, that's what I was thinking of because when I think of companies who focus really well, you know, like uh, Apple comes to mind and, um, and I, I just think they're like, they're so focused on certain priorities. In fact, you know, you and I know multiple quotes from Steve Jobs or Tim Cook or Johnny Ives that are all around like saying no to other really good things because we're going to focus on these. And I feel like there isn't that comprehensiveness about them. You know, Apple could have many more products than they do, but they choose to focus on just a few to do them, do them really well. And, um, yeah. And I wonder if it's like, I wonder if there's also like a lack of trust in, in even that business strategy for them, like we're going to focus on this and, and maybe a lack of belief that that's okay to do and okay to, um, uh, that they'll get good results by focusing on less things, you know? So, yeah. add that to the list, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the, what we're seeing is that the leadership team needs to work very hard to be very clear about the smallest number of things, the simplest list of things that have to get done in the short term. They yeah. can make an assumption that the leaders who work for them at the next level will be able to take that and translate that into, okay, what does our team need to do in order to advance that or to contribute to that? You
1: know, and, and maybe that's th- that's the unlock is not diving into the weeds of comprehensiveness at the executive level, but making sure that there's transparency about what the teams below are working on. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and maybe that's why they're so comprehensive at the executive level, because they're not confident in what the next level teams are working on. Right, right. And so maybe it's greater transparency on what their goals are within the functions and the next teams down to make sure that that's all in support of these these more focused goals at the executive level. Right, right.
0: I think there exists within organizations – pockets of work maybe by function where you do have a comprehensive list and I'm thinking of things like on a tech team to have a technology roadmap or on a product team to have a product roadmap and the roadmap says all right you know here's the features and the and the functions of the software that we're building that is on our roadmap and here's the things that are not on the roadmap Um, or here is a product catalog that shows everything that we produce um In operations. Here's an operational plan that shows how we're going to get everything done this week, this month, this quarter. Um, here's a comprehensive list of all of our customers by volume. Uh, you know, so there there exists everywhere in an organization, in in the people side, like, hey, here's a list of every single employee, and we can see by employee how much they're making, what their job title is. Like, we have comprehensiveness covered. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that. We try to then extend that up to the exec team so that the exec team says we need a list of everything. And I I just think that's a bit of a fool's errand because you can spend a ton of time coming up with it and have it change on a daily, weekly, you know, in a heartbeat that can change one event, one, um, you know, move by a competitor, one change in the marketplace, uh, one you know, failure of a customer. I mean, you name it, it just throws the plan off. One pandemic. (laughs) One pandemic. Oh, my gosh. You know, it throws everything off, and then you have this intricate map that you somehow then have to recreate. So, um, you know... We're talking about this because we've seen leaders struggle with it. So, I don't know, maybe without naming company names, we could just share a couple of stories of what we've seen and, and, and what our recommendations have been and maybe what the impact has been. So, I, I don't know if one comes to
1: mind for you. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think one scenario has played out where um, in the exercise of doing a thematic goal, and that's our focus tool, um, they really try to expand it, and so the, there's a thematical. Another term for it would be the rally cry, and it's this you know this slogan that is supposed to at least help focus the executive team, if not the rest of the organization. But then below that slogan are defining objectives, the boxes right. of stuff that actually need to happen in order to get that goal to to take place. And then within those defining objectives. Are action items and milestones to make sure we're making progress on each one of those boxes. And what I have seen with teams where it goes wrong is their desire to have 10 defining objectives, you know, 10 boxes to make right. this thematic goal happen. And then, within those defining objectives, a list of 20 action items that need to happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll challenge them and prod them and, you know, have a little bit of healthy conflict around. This seems like a lot of stuff. This seems very comprehensive. And, you know, and they often politic and and, and want to get those things to stick, stay in place. And so it's like, okay, you know, we give them all the warning signs. Like, this is a lot. It's going to be hard to get all of this done. We're looking for you know, biggest ROI on the smallest amount of things that need to happen. You know, um, what's the 20% that gives us 80% return, you know, those types of things. And, um, and at the end of the day, they, they still pack those defining objectives and they have too many. And what we find out later is when they go to put this in practice and actually hold each other accountable to it, they realize it was just way too much.
0: Yeah, and, I, I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking James of the client. Actually, the office that I'm sitting in right now in Chicago, we had an offsite with the client here, and I remember yes. so well that we asked that question that you just said, "Hey, what's the most important thing that we got to get done?" And they just started talking, and we wrote, and they talked, and we wrote, and we talked, and we wrote. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a while, we thought, "All right, good, good job on the activity, but man, I." can we really get all this stuff done and they all kind of looked at it and said no probably not that's probably not realistic and i remember we were right at lunchtime and we said all right we're going to run out and grab the lunch if you guys could narrow this down to a single thing by the time we get back yeah. you know we're going to open up a bottle of wine and uh, yeah. and they did and you know it it forced yeah. them to to move from a comprehensive mindset to a focused mindset and yeah. here's what's interesting the next time we met with that client everything had changed about their industry. The, the, yes. the slowdown in, in the economy had affected their main customers and, and they were on to the next most important thing. But they had learned yes. that lesson of like, what's the focus right now? Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Another, another one that comes to mind, uh, James, you and I worked with a client also here in Chicago that put out a, a pretty comprehensive set of, of OKRs, Objectives, Key Results. And, um, man, they, they managed to get it onto a single page, but that single page is really comprehensive and very detailed. I think at the bullet point level, there was probably 80 or 90 specific items crammed onto one page. Do you you remember, do you remember that tension with these guys?
1: Well, yeah, I, I do. And it was again around like, hold on, how are we? How is this focus? You know, when there's right. this many things we got to keep in front of mind. How are how is that focus? You know, and and yeah. then help yeah. me prioritize amongst those. Right. You know, how do we do that?
0: Right. I remember with that with that group, we asked them. Oh, I I just had a, a thought. Is you know, we'd ask them like, how do we use this tool? Do we use this tool to yeah. evaluate individuals? Bonuses at the end of the year. Like, did they achieve the result? Uh, are we using this tool to create tech roadmaps or product roadmaps based on this? Um, you know, like, what is the use of this tool, and why does it need so much
1: detail? Yeah. So, share where they went from there.
0: Yeah. What they were able to do is, first of all, we honored the fact that list of eighty-five items was an important list. But what we had to do was to say, all right, but what's the theme of, say, the first nine months of this? So, that was our rally cry. And then what we did is we took the individual items and said, okay, which of these seem sort of temporary in nature? In other words, they would they would define how we're going to achieve our rally cry. So, that these OKRs, let's take the defining O's. And then what are the things on this list that are always important? And those became kind of our standard objectives. And and then it was like hey, can we take out a layer of detail so that when we present it to the next level leaders, they can just see the the simple version of it and understand the strategy and the focus and the direction. And, and that became like the the one pager light. Um the other thing that was happening is this was an annual plan. it was taking them into you know almost into q two before they could even publish it because it took so long to get all the pieces together so one of the things that we worked on was hey let's let's get this like mostly right and publish it a lot sooner and so like let's launch this in January, knowing that we're gonna roll out another version and another version, almost like launching an app, you expect there to be updates that add features, debug it. And so uh, it's a much more focused, practical tool as a result of, of kind of really pushing into that, into the, into simplicity and bifurcating the temporary from the permanent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. One of the quotes I like to think of in this discussion is, uh, One that you know well from Ravi Gupta of Sequoia Capital where he says, you know, it's not focus if it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, there are, and I think it's that, that pain, that hurt of like, boy, that's a really important project over there. Or this is important to do in the next few years. And it's like, okay, but where's our prioritization? Right. You know we can't say yes to everything,
0: right, like everything on that list, everything on that list is good, right, but, yeah, but what's actually better, and what would be best for us to focus on um, hey we're yeah. we're getting close to the end of our time, but one more aspect of this is I think the benefit of a focused approach to planning is the way that you can over communicate it. talk James, talk a little bit about how simplicity at that level turns
1: into discipline three strength. Yeah, absolutely. When we have bullet pointed, what's most important, you know, mostly in our our thematic goal, it becomes way easier for us to communicate with consistency uh, across all of the executives, and for our people to understand and prioritize for themselves and the people they lead. And so Just the the simplification of what's important here with the thematic goal, the defining objectives and the action items, you know, all of that could be bullet pointed with like 10 bullet points and give some clear direction and minimize confusion in the organization.
0: Yeah. Well, one, of my, one of my local clients here has a pretty comprehensive thematic goal to open up their products to a bigger customer set. And what that means is widening their product, making it a little bit more complex, more variations of it to appeal to different audiences. But what they're crystal clear about at the exec level is like, hey, we're going we're gonna to expand our products to meet the needs of more customers. And that's a really simple message. And they give that to the product team. To say, okay, come back to us with their ideas. They gave that to the ops team and said, okay, you know, yeah. once you hear from the product guys, then work with them to figure out how we're going to operationalize this. They could work with the marketing team, you know, hey, coordinate it at, between the marketing team and the product team, how we're going to, you know, make this come alive on our website. So rather than the exec team feeling the need to have a comprehensive list, they said, this is our goal. We're really focused. Now at the next team level, start to build out the layer of detail that you need at the cross-functional layer. Let's trust them to then coordinate with each other to build out the level of detail they need all the way down to individual product contributors who then wake up every morning knowing exactly what they're doing to contribute to the whole. But right now, I couldn't walk into that CEO's office and say, hey, could you print for me like this giant list of everything you're doing. He'd say, no, I, I don't have that. And I don't need that because somebody somewhere has the detail they need that aligns with what we're focused on.
1: Right. Right. That's what we're going for here. You know, shared focus on what's really important across yep. the executive team.
0: Yeah. So, focus versus comprehensive planning. It's a simple idea. As like everything we say, it's it's simple, but it's harder to do in reality, which is why we take the time to focus on it here. So good conversation, James. All right.
1: Thanks, Keith. Good chatting with you. We'll see you folks soon. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by AtaVita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.